KTSA News Flash. We are beginning to learn the names of the U.S. service members who were killed when a suicide bomber detonated a bomb at the Kabul airport Thursday. Among the dead killed in Afghanistan, David Espinoza of Laredo, Texas. He graduated from high school in 2019. Max Soviak, 2017 graduate of Edison High School in Ohio, the superintendent of schools announcing the loss. Riley McCollum of Wyoming, the governor, saying he is devastated to learn Wyoming lost one of its own in the terror attack. And Hunter Lopez of Riverside, California, the son of a Riverside County Sheriff's deputy and sheriff's captain. He was only 22 years old and had planned on becoming a sheriff's deputy. That's correspondent Alex Stone. Some Democrats say former President Trump is also to blame for the collapse of the Afghanistan government. U.S. Congressman Henry Cuellar, who represents San Antonio, said last year the former president negotiated with the Taliban about American troop withdrawal and excluded the Afghani government. In there, he also released thousands of Taliban prisoners. But he says the current administration is to blame as well. He blasted President Biden for setting an August 31st deadline. Cuellar sits on the Defense Appropriations Committee and says the the U.S. should have kept a base there. Evacuation flights are once again taking off from Kabul a day after the suicide attack killed more than 100 people outside the airport. U.S. officials say more than 100,000 people have been safely evacuated, but thousands are desperate to still leave, waiting for rescue. Correspondent Bradley Blackburn explains. Maud Shah Mohibi began working with U.S. troops in Afghanistan in 2006 when he was just 16. He was able to evacuate more than a dozen family members, but only after four failed attempts. If my family, with all the contacts I have, cannot get into the airport in four days or five days, and how imagine how, how other people get in. He reunited with his sister-in-law over Skype. I left everything. I left my home. Uh, I left my mother, which we all was afraid of Taliban. Every night uh, there were gunshots. For those who've been unable to board a flight, desperation is growing. U.S. troops are scheduled to leave Afghanistan Tuesday. The United Nations Refugee Agency expects up to half a million Afghans could flee their homeland by the end of the year. They asked neighboring countries to keep their borders open. Fort Bliss in El Paso is one of four military installations hosting evacuees from Afghanistan after the Taliban took control of the country. Today, Republican Congressman Tony Gonzalez visited the facility where they're housed. These are folks that are fought alongside us and in many cases are fleeing political persecution by the Taliban and others. There are about 1,200 Afghans currently being housed at Fort Bliss and the Department of Defense says they'll be there for a while while they obtain their visas. The process is being sped up thanks to help from Customs and Border Protection. The evacuees are also undergoing a medical screening and there's only one case of COVID so far. Metro New Orleans is now under a hurricane warning and Ida is now expected to be a Category 4 storm when it makes landfall in the U.S. Sunday. The hurricane now has 80 mile per hour winds as it batters the western part of Cuba. The latest National Hurricane Center projections have Ida with winds near 140 miles per hour as it approaches Louisiana. If Ida makes landfall Sunday, it will be striking on the 16th anniversary of when Hurricane Katrina pounded the same area. U.S. intelligence are divided on the origins of the coronavirus, but say that they believe that China's leaders were, were unaware of the virus before the start of the global pandemic. Analysts say they do not believe that the virus was developed as a bioweapon. Here is correspondent Olivia Gazis with more. Four agencies in the National Intelligence Council, which comprises academic and private sector experts, assessed with low confidence that the virus originated naturally. One agency said with moderate confidence that it was the result of a laboratory-associated incident at the Wuhan Institute of Virology.
The report said China's cooperation would most likely be needed in order to reach a conclusive assessment of the origins of COVID-19 and said that Beijing continued to hinder the global investigation. The director of national intelligence says that China resists sharing information and blames other countries, including the United States. The police officer who shot and killed a Capitol rioter on January 6th is revealing himself. Lieutenant Michael Byrd told NBC News he pulled the trigger as a last resort. Their failure to comply required me to take the appropriate action to save the lives of members of Congress and myself and my fellow officers. Bird said he had hoped and prayed no one got through the doors he was keeping rioters from entering. The officer says he had to do what was needed to save the lives of himself, members of Congress, and his fellow officers. The U.S. Supreme Court blocked the Biden administration's temporary ban on evictions. It's a victory for landlords and property owners, and it could spell trouble for people who have struggled to pay their rent during the pandemic. The White House said it is disappointed by this ruling, which is a blow to President Biden, the result of the high court's conservative majority and certainly one that he himself saw coming. That's correspondent Wei Zhe Zhang. Republican election reforms are one step away from being signed into law in Texas. SB1 is finally passed. Texas House Speaker Dave Phelan. The bill does away with drive through and 24-hour voting. It also empowers partisan poll watchers and puts limits on mail-in voting. State Rep. Andrew Murr sponsored it. This legislation is important to all of you, to your constituents, to stakeholders, to the state of Texas. House Democrats call the bill voter suppression. State Representative Sanfronia Thompson made the final plea against. This is your bill, your idea, and you would be responsible for the consequences. The House version now needs Senate approval before Governor Abbott can sign it into law. That's correspondent Chris Fox in Austin. Extended unemployment benefits are set to end in Texas next month. The Texas Workforce Commission says the state's unemployment rate has fallen below the 6.5 percent threshold needed to continue the extension. The state of Texas normally provides 26 weeks of benefits, but that period can be lengthened during times of high unemployment like the pandemic. The extended benefits will end on September 11th. A San Antonio woman accused of burying a child's body in Colorado and then skipping the country is now in custody. Unconfirmed reports say the child's body was found Wednesday night in a national forest west of Denver. The FBI has only said its agents conducted an evidence recovery operation in Grand County. The FBI reportedly assisted San Antonio police by detaining the woman in a foreign country and returning her to Colorado. She hasn't been charged yet, so her name has not been released. A fiery multi-vehicle crash claimed the lives of multiple people on I-10 and Seguin Thursday. Police said an 18-wheeler carrying meat was cut off by a car trying to avoid road workers, causing the tractor-trailer to break abruptly and spill its contents on the roadway. A second semi-truck swerved to avoid the collision and crashed into a guardrail, which burst into flame and caused a chain reaction involving four more vehicles. Three people were killed in the crash and five people were injured, including a Seguin police officer. A tip is being credited to leading to the arrest of two suspects in connection with the killing of a New Orleans cop in Houston. I just want to thank our community. And this is what happens and this is what we talk about when community and police officers come together. Police Chief Troy Finner says Anthony Jenkins and Frederick Jackson were tracked down this week. They're charged with capital murder after Detective Everett Briscoe was shot to death last weekend during a robbery. Harris County District Attorney Kim Ogg says both men were out on bond at the time of the shooting. At least one of these individuals, Jenkins, is a known and documented gang member with YSB, the Young Scott Block Gang. Og notes it's possible the pair will face the death penalty. A person of interest is also being sought. 
Washington state officials say a so-called murder hornet nest that was destroyed Wednesday was nearly three times as large as the nest eradicated last year. It's been reported that nearly 1,500 hornets were inside the nest that was discovered near the town of Blaine. That's about two miles away from the nest that was found and destroyed last October. That nest only had about 500 hornets inside. Asian giant hornets pose an ecological threat because they can destroy wasp and honeybee hives in just a few hours. Jojo Siwa is set to make history on the upcoming season of Dancing with the Stars. The 18-year-old, who is part of the LGBTQ community, told Good Morning America that she will be part of the show's first same-sex partnership in its 30-season run. You know, I always said, obviously, you can love who you want to love. That's known all around the world, of course, and that's the message that I've been spreading, especially to a younger generation. But now, I'm able to say you can dance with who you want to dance with. In addition to Siwa, Olympic gold medalist Suni Lee will also compete for the show's Mirabal Trophy. Season 30, season 30 of Dancing with the Stars is set to premiere on September 20th on ABC. KTSA Money News. Wall Street rallied higher after Fed Chair Jerome Powell wrapped up the central bank's annual get-together in Jackson Hole by saying that he thinks it's likely the Fed will start cutting back on its monthly bond purchases later this year, but he thinks rates will remain at record lows for the foreseeable future. That lifted the Nasdaq and S&P to record highs, and the Dow soared higher by 242 points to 35,455. The Nasdaq up 183 points to 15,129, and the S&P advanced higher by 39 points to 4509. Jason Brooks, CBS News. KTSA AccuWeather. Tonight, partly cloudy and humid with a thunderstorm, low 74. A bit of sunshine tomorrow with a thunderstorm in spots in the afternoon, high 91. Sunday, sunshine and patchy clouds, high 93. I'm Cheryl Golden with your KTSA Stevens Roofing AccuWeather Forecast. And I'm Katie Barber. Good news around the clock at News Talk 550 KTSA and FM 1071. And news anytime online at KTSA.com.